Let's go to Galatians chapter 5 tonight. Galatians chapter 5. And as you're going there, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we have together now. We believe that you're at work in our midst. And so we ask you today to speak to our hearts. Lord, give us the word for the hour, the message for this time. Lord, I offer myself, as you know, a vessel that you can use. Nothing good is, originates of me. But Lord, I seek to be a vessel that you can use, a channel that you can flow through. Lord, may wisdom from above come. May we see, and, uh, see things like you do. Lord, may we have your perspective on all things. May we have your thoughts and walk in your ways. Lord, as you reveal these things to us, our, our lives will more closely reflect the life of Jesus while He was walking here on the earth. And for this we're thankful, not only for what you've done for us, but Lord, what you're doing through us and how others are impacted. We're privileged to be a part of your great plan in these last days. Lord, we delight ourselves in you and you give us the desires of our hearts. Lord, we make you first in everything we do. From the moment we wake up to the, day, to the moment we go to bed, we live for you. You are our life. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. And Lord, we'd, uh, we set aside anything that gets in the way of that. Thank you for your help today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, everybody. Uh, Galatians 5, verse... Well, pick any verse you want. Let's, do, let's go with 13. How many good with 13? All right. <laughs> Galatians 5.13, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Who are we supposed to serve? One One another. Someone said, I thought we were supposed to serve God. That's really saying the same thing. When the motive is there, we serve God by serving one another. And so, over the last couple weeks, I've been sharing with you along these lines from, from this scripture in particular, and uh, I want to continue tonight and probably finish up. This is an M-I-N-I series, all right? Uh, but I want to talk to you a little bit more about improving your serve, all right? This is something that is necessary for us as a local church, or any believer, really, to have this part of their Christian walk engaged or in play Uh, without this we're not very attractive (laughs) because the flesh is self-serving the flesh says what about me you do something for me and how many know if we all think that way if we all operate that way we are ugly I mean it is not a fun place to be to get in a group of a bunch of self-centered self-focused individuals but if you can create an atmosphere where just the opposite is taking place, where everyone is looking to serve someone else, uh, then we have the New Test- Testament command of love in operation in our midst. And that's an attractive, desirable atmosphere to be in. That's an atmosphere where you and I will thrive on a personal level. But not only that, we'll thrive because others are thriving. Amen? Again, the focus many times of people... And even believers and Christians in our day is all about themselves. They call, people pick a church entirely based upon what do I get out of it. Not is there a place there for me to serve. Not is there some way I can contribute. But what do I get out of it? Amen. Amen. <laughs> 
You know, I only got them amens from those who are close enough for me to spit on. <laughs> this is not self-condemnation, but listen, that is to be a part of our decision-making, and we are to be mindful of that. We shared that with you before. I wouldn't go somewhere regularly where the food's bad. Hmm. But if that's all we're mindful of, and, and I understand this, most times people the time people from the world that's who we're out to reach they come in to any given church they're not thinking about what they're going to give they don't even want to be there a lot of times <laughs> someone twisted their arm and convinced them to go they're there just they don't know what they're there for right you might be here that way tonight and we understand that but it's our desire to move every person from what am I going to get out of it past that into a life of serving it is a higher life it's a better way to live Amen. Amen. And so uh, being mindful of those things will take us a long ways in our, in our spiritual life and in our growth. Uh, but church, again, is not just all about um, whether or not you need something. A lot of people will approach the kingdom of God and ministries that way. Well, I don't need anything. I'm, pretty, I'm good right now. Well, who said it was all about whether you needed something? And, and, you know, in one regard, we always, on a perpetual basis, all of us need certain things. We need the Word of God. We need to be taught. Otherwise, the Lord wouldn't teach us. <laughs> we need to be in a group of people and uh, worshiping the Lord together. We need that corporate environment. So there are certain things we always need. Uh, and really, the church always ought to be here for you. When I say the church, that's us. It's not the building. The church ought to be here for, for you, but... Uh, you ought to be here for someone else too, right? And, and again, it's not all about whether a person needs help or whether you need anything at the moment. You are a vital part of this body. We don't function nearly as well without you. That's just the truth. That's why the Lord gave us that picture of the body. And, uh, you know, what about when somebody else needs something? If I'm good to go, I don't need anything, I'm going skiing. I'm good to go, I mean, I'm full, I mean, I'm happy, everything's going good, I'm playing golf today. Well, it's not all about what you need. You may not, quote, other than, you know, the ongoing things, there might not be any pressing need for you in your life. But that's a selfish way to live, isn't it? All right, but we need to come mindful, even though we're not aware all the time, but somebody else is going to be impacted by my presence. Somebody else, even as small as a smile, can impact another, day, another person's day. Huh? A kind word. Even the fact that you came to a service and you were plugged in. You know what I'm talking about? You were focused. You were pulling. You were hungry. You were there. That makes an impact on the lives of other people. And likewise, the opposite is also true. I am in the body of Christ. My absence leaves a hole. Amen. And so, you know, what about God's plan? Who's going to carry it out? That's a good question for all of us to ask. Go over to, to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, we ended last time with this verse, so let's take a look at it again. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. 12:28 Therefore since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us have grace by which we may serve God 
Isn't that good? By grace, in other words, by His ability, we may serve God. But notice the qualifier here. Not just that we may serve God. He said that, that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. If I can serve God in an acceptable manner, it must also be true that it's possible to serve God in an, in an unacceptable manner. I want to make sure that whatever I do for the Lord, He's happy about it. I want to know that if I'm doing something for Him, He's pleased with what I'm doing. It is accepted by Him. And we can see that throughout the Word of God, that there are, um, we taught this in other, in other series, but the, the Bible definitely shows us that God doesn't accept everything and everybody. You know, like the, the PC culture that we live in here today, uh, that, you know, just accept everything and everybody and all things and beliefs and thoughts and activities, everything's equal. Well, no, not with the Lord. Not even our service of Him is all equal. No, it, there, there are ways to serve Him, and He's, he's, happy, with, he's happy with it. It's an acceptable way, and there are ways to serve Him. Again, imply, this verse implies that, that it's not acceptable by Him. It's like, did I do a good job? No. <laughs> you saying, I put all my time and energy in this, and it wasn't good? Wasn't good. That's possible. Can you see that? That's possible. Let's make sure that's not us. All right? And so... Uh, if you work for someone, how many know oftentimes a, a, a company, a business will have standards of, of conduct, of principles of practice for their employees? Because there's a certain image they want to uh, create, they want to um, maintain before the public um, at large. They want their company to have a, have a certain reputation. And so they'll say, if you're going to answer our phone, this is what you're going to say. <laughs> if you're going to work at our business, this is what you're going to dress like. If you're going to work in this department, these are the things that you're allowed to say. These are things that you're allowed to do. These are things, you know, just a lot of different things like that. And, and is that bad? Well, no. I mean, that good policy, if a company wants to be successful, that would be necessary. I mean, I think probably all of us have probably uh, have dealt with some type of business or maybe you purchased something and, and you had the opposite. I don't know if you, have you ever had a, a, a bad employee, you know, quote, serve you? <laughs> and you thought, wow, if, they're, if, the, if the boss knew the way they were acting, they would be out of here. You know what I'm talking about? Well, how many understand that we represent the kingdom of God? We represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords in all that we do. And in our service one to another, it's being seen by the general public, right? It's being seen by those outside of the kingdom. And may it be that we serve each other in a way that's acceptable to God, therefore, of course, attractive to the world. Amen. On a more localized note, not only if you, if you are a member of life church not only do you represent the lord first and foremost but secondly in your christian walk now you represent the church you go to you do that's why we joke around sometimes about certain people not telling others 
you know, please don't tell someone else if, that you go to church here. <laughs> if, now of course, it, you know, we say that and it's a joke, but you know, how many know there's a little bit of like underlying ouch in there? Because sometimes we act in such a way that it's not appealing to the kingdom of God. It's like, don't tell anyone you're a Christian today. <laughs> don't tell anyone where you go to church, you know, or give them another name. <laughs> and so we represent the Lord in all that we do. And so it's not only important what we do in our serving, but it's important how we do it. And, and there are certain ways that we need to represent the Lord. And then, of course, our local church, our brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God. And so let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6 today. The, the main principle that governs how we are to serve um, is this simple phrase that we'll see in these passages. And, uh, but is this phrase, as unto the Lord. When I serve God, when I serve another person, really, even the context, you can see this through Scripture, even as I, as I work my job, the, way that sh the thing that should govern my conduct and my attitude and my performance is that I do everything I do as unto the Lord. If we have that in play, it is going to affect both our motive it will affect the quality of our activity and of our endeavors. But if we forget about the God factor in everything we do, uh, again, it can oftentimes cause us to be um, doing things for the wrong reason and, again, lower the quality of what we do. Um, if you do what you do for the Lord to serve Him by serving people for the advancement of His kingdom, then your motive is right. You have a good motive. And, uh, but if you're truly working for the Lord, you will make sure that you're doing a good job. You'll make sure you won't be the kind of person who, quote, shows up late, leaves early, cuts corners, just does a half job at what you do. Ephesians 6, verse 5, it says, Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. Now, understand what he's talking about here. The direct context is slavery. All right? We don't have slavery. We're good, we're good with that. By the way, a side note, this is not, you know, some people who are kind of anti-God, they'll read scriptures like this and say, well, the Bible supports slavery. <laughs> uh you know, you can make the Bible say anything you want to say, make it say if you just pull it out of context and everything else. It's not supporting the idea of slavery here. That was just something that existed in their day. He's telling them how to deal with it. He's saying if you are a slave, this is what you got to do. This is how you got to live. This is what you gotta, how you got to act. But we could, we could translate some of that into our day, into the employer-employee relationship. And really, we're going to take these same principles not only in that context, but also in our serving of one another in the local church and through various ministries that go out from the church, okay? And so, again, bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, that, or we could say employers or overseers, um, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever 
good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. All right. And so there are some principles in here that I can see that can help us and should govern our activity in service of the Lord. And um, again, we do that and we look at these things for the purpose that we may be able to serve God acceptably. Okay? So we don't go through the emotions, spend the time, energy, and money to do things that are not accepted by Him. And I've, I've put these into four main categories here uh, that I can see from these scriptures and others. First of all, we are to serve the Lord willingly. Number one, if I'm going to serve Him acceptably, then I must do so with a willing heart, with a willing mind. You see, this verse 7 says, with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord. And so there should be in all of us a willingness to do anything for God. I don't know if your heart's that way. Most of us are that way. At least we'll agree with the statement. But again, we can only answer that for ourselves. Am I willing to do anything for God? If He wants me to do something very, very low level, you know, would I be willing to do that? If He wanted me to do something very um, out front and maybe seen by many, would I be willing to do that? See, we've got people on both sides of this, right? Some, some see some tasks as being beneath them. Because, you know, they're educated, they've got position, maybe they've got money, they've got different things in life, and they see cer certain tasks as being beneath them. I don't think we should see anything as being beneath us. I don't care how much we've accomplished in life, we shouldn't see anything as beneath us. Nor, on the other hand, someone say, well, someone might take the opposite position. And they'll say, well, I don't want to ever do anything to be seen and, and we shouldn't do things to be seen, but they won't do anything that is seen. Well, I would never do anything in front of other people. What if the Lord wants you to do that? I know some of the people that the Lord has used the most are those who in their heart would rather not be seen. But yet they will submit themselves to the Lord and say, if I need to be seen. You know what I mean by seen? They do something that's public, <laughs> you know. But they've submitted themselves to the will of God and they haven't lifted them, their heart up in pride. And they said, Lord, I'll be willing to do whatever. Whatever you've called me to do, whatever you want me to do. And that ought to be our heart concerning all things. It, you know, it's kind of like if something needs to be done and no one else is doing it, sign me up. I mean, even if it's not our gift. <laughs> I mean, even if, well, brother, that's not my calling. I know but you're in the body and someone's got to do it. Why don't you do it? It ought to be our heart. Not long, never do we, is the Lord, I think, asking us to do long-term something that we're not really designed to do. But in, in a family, you know, in a body, sometimes when things need to get done, we just ha need to have the willing heart that says, well, I'll just do whatever. What? No one's doing that? Well, I'm there. And that willingness really sets us up. You know, a side note to that? Is how many know discovering the will of God for your life is often contingent upon being open for anything? Some people haven't realized that. They've closed certain options out from their life. I will never do this. I will never go here. And because of that closed 
part of their heart, they're unable to hear what God really wants them to do, and it may not even be those things. That's why the very beginning of seeking God, Lord, what should I do? Where do you want me to go to school? Where should I work? Who should I marry? Where should I live? All these questions. If you have an openness about you that says, Lord, I will. I will to. It's my willingness. I will to do anything and everything that you want me to do. And I know that's scary to some people because they think, man, God's going to have me do something totally bad. I'm going to live in a hole. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to live where it's cold or whether it's hot or whatever the opposite of what, what you like is. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm going to, he, he's going to have me marry someone ugly, you know, or he's going to ha- have, you know, a- as if God, you know, just really wants to get you. How I many know understanding the Father's love toward us is a good foundation to open our hearts? When you know how much He really loves you, you and I will, will be willing to say anything, trusting that what he leads us to do is the right thing, Amen. and it's good. Amen. Amen? But just, you know, that willingness, that openness is a key to finding out what the Lord really wants us to do, and having this servant heart. Servant's heart is vital. You know, I was reading this um, stuff. This, uh, uh, this is interesting from uh, this guy, Leonard Sweet. He said, he, he was a, a, a professor in a, in a theological seminary, and he said that one of his students received an appointment um, that to, I guess to do something that they didn't feel the placement exactly suited their abilities. And um, he overheard him complaining about it to another student, and then the other student said, you know, the world's a better place because Michelangelo did not say, I don't do ceilings. <laughs> the comment stopped me dead in my tracks. I had to admit she was right. Uh, if you and I are going to be faithful in the ministry God called us to do, then we had better understand that. I reflected on the attitudes of key people throughout scriptures and the church and the history of the church. The world's a better place because a German monk named Martin Luther did not say, I don't do doors. The world's a better place because an Oxford don named John Wesley didn't say, I don't do preaching in fields. The world's a better place because Moses didn't say, I don't do pharaohs or mass migrations. (laughs) The world's a better place because Noah didn't say, I don't do arcs and animals. The world's a better place because Rahab didn't say, I don't do enemy spies. The world's a better place because Ruth didn't say, I don't do mothers-in-law. The world's a better place because Samuel didn't say, I don't do mornings. The world's a better place because David didn't say, I don't do giants. The world's a better place because Peter didn't say, I don't do Gentiles. The world's a better place because uh, John didn't say, I don't do deserts. The world's a better place because Mary didn't say, I don't do virgin births. The world's a better place because Paul didn't say, I don't do correspondence. The world's a better place because Mary Magdalene didn't say, I don't do feet. And the world's a better place if only you and I don't say, I don't do, what don't you do? How about we say, I don't, there's nothing I just don't do. There's nothing I just 
won't do. If it's serving God by serving people, if it's building the kingdom, if it's playing a role in eternal things, I'm open to do anything. Amen. And that openness, again, is vital to what we're doing. And so we're talking about how to serve the Lord. We said, number one, we should do it willingly. You know, the New Living Translation of verse 7 that we read, it says, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Work with enthusiasm. What's a good, what's a good way to serve God? It's that willing heart that I'm going to work for Him enthusiastically. Yeah, how many of enthusiasm can be contagious? Man, when you enjoy what you're doing, and you just determine, I'm going to enjoy it. Man, I'm going to be excited about serving God. I'm going to be excited about doing something that in your mind might be uh, trivial, might be, mean, uh, you know, uh, a very menial task. But listen, whatever it is, I'm going to do it with enthusiasm. Amen. Amen. I mean, if you ever, uh, you know, even if you do something that's, that's more out front, you know, the Lord has called me to a, you know, a public ministry. And I know this, if, I, if I'm not having fun doing what I'm doing, uh, neither are you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about as far as being, a, being, a, being one who speaks? If, if you have a speaking ministry and, and you don't enjoy it, uh, you probably ought to pray. <laughs> you know, and, and find out what you're supposed to be doing or get an attitude adjustment because no one wants to li- li- hear you speak. No one wants to be around if you're not enjoying yourself. Do it enthusiastically. And then Isaiah 119, remember, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. It's not only a matter of what we do, it's a matter of, of, of the willingness that we have when we do it. All right. And so, number two, what I see from this passage in Ephesians is that we are to do, we are to serve the Lord um, respectfully. Notice that phrase, with fear and trembling. We are to serve serve the Lord not only willingly, but number two, respectfully. Too many people remove God from their dealings with people. They remove the the, the element that I'm, see, I'm I'm doing this for you, but ultimately I'm doing it for more than you. I'm, I'm doing it for God. And there's a holiness about that. I mean, no doubt we should respect one another shouldn't we we should all show respect to other human beings but it raises the bar in my mind when i know my service is of you because you are created of god you are loved of god amen husbands and wives should respect their their uh mates not only just because they're a another human being worthy of respect but that person is a child of god that per- jesus died for them if I have an opportunity to serve someone for whom Jesus died, he must have thought they were pretty important. And for me to think anything less than that, to do it with a, a lesser amount of respect, what am I? I'm crazy. I'm not seeing things accurately. Amen. Amen. It will greatly help all of our relationships if we not only see each other after the flesh, but we see God in each other. We see, we recognize the gift of God, the value of another person, not only with the blood of Jesus or the price that was paid, but now their assignment in the earth. When I serve you, I'm helping. I'm having a part in you fulfilling your assignments in the earth. God has a destiny and a plan for your life, and I can be a part of helping you fulfill that. 
even if you're thirsty and you need some water and I'm able to give you a cool cup of water I helped you along the journey to do the will of God you'll be rewarded for it now I got a part in that too Oh, let us never, let us never uh, be unaware of the magnitude of what we don't know, <laughs> of the potential of another human being, of the potential of another person and what they're going to do in life. And if I can open the door for someone, I just had a part in them fulfilling their call. I mean, I know I'm using the smallest examples so we can see this. Obviously, there can be much greater things. There can be much greater ways to to do things for people, but it goes beyond what we see. Thank you, Lord. And so, uh, if I'm going to do so, if I'm going to serve God respectfully, I need to be one who follows the rules. I need to be one who will respect the system. Sometimes people endeavor to serve. They'll be in, a, in their local church and they'll they'll serve, but they're basically thinking about uh, wh- what I want to do. Well, this is what I want to do. Well, it's not all about what you want to do for somebody else. It's what needs to be done. It's what the other, it's what the other needs, not just what you need. Everybody with me on that? Someone, someone said, I'm more creative. I'm not really into rules and stuff. <laughs> and then some will go so far as that, well, that's law. We are grace. And we're not about rules. (laughs) Listen, we're talking about two different things. We relate to God absolutely. Grace, forgiveness, love, mercy. Thank God that's the way He wants us to live. But how many know if you're ever going to get anything done, there's got to be some kind of organization. There's got to be some kind of system to to operate within. And if you're ever going to serve God acceptably, and you're listen, we're all we're all going to serve God connected to somebody. I'm not going to if I'm going to do this all by myself. I can do it any way I want. I guess. But God has not called any of us to do things alone. And, uh, and so we're all going to be working w- with someone else, and we've got to be willing to follow the system. That's being respectful, being respectful of God, being respectful of those, uh, of, of those we serve. Amen. We live in a world today where, you know, people will put graffiti all, all over the place, and they'll destroy property. There's a, we live in a culture where there's a lot of lack of respect for other people, for, 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 for personal property and all that stuff. And when we serve the Lord, come on, we got to do this respectfully. All right, number three. Number three, we, we need to serve the Lord sincerely, willingly, respectfully, and sincerely. Remember, the Scripture said that we should do so with sincerity of heart. Sincerity of heart. How many know you can teach a skill? You can teach a person how to do something, but you can't teach them to have the right heart I mean you could talk about it but you can't give someone the right heart the person with the right heart is of much more value than those with the greatest talent and a bad attitude amen and this is something any all of us you know it's just something we've got to do between us and the Lord what's your heart are you doing things for the right reason do you have a sincerity about uh, sincerity about what you do why you do it and uh, we're to we're to serve without grumbling without complaining it's not enough just to do a good job the attitude with which we do it is important I've, I've worked with um, well I've worked with volunteers for a while now for a couple, over two decades in ministry and if you ever want to test your leadership skills um, uh, try to get people to do something for free 
you know, and I don't mean that a person who's in business and they have employ paid employees, they don't need leadership skills, they absolutely do, but try not paying them. Huh? Because, listen, and that's the way the, that's the, way the kingdom of God operates for the most part. All right? For the most part, it operates on people doing stuff without any finances coming back their way. And it's amazing how that changes people's attitudes in a bad way. I mean, I literally, I've had, I've had people at different times, you know, when you question them, you know, they want to, they volunteer to do something, they want to help. When you question them on how they do it and what they're going to do there, I've literally had someone say, well, I'm not getting paid for this. And I thought, really? Does that what, is that what governs the effort that you put into something? I mean, if I'll pay you, then you'll do a better job, but if I won't, then you'll volunteer and do a lousy job? I mean, what kind of heart is that? See, it's the sincerity of heart that we need to do, that we need to approach all these things with. I mean, I, I remember one guy who was, and I can think of, I'm thinking of a couple people in, in the past that uh, were volunteering to help in ministry, and talent just oozing out of them. I mean, good. They could have taken a, a area of ministry and really caused it to excel and to explode in a, in a very good way, but their lack of heart, their lack of commitment towards it undermined it. You know, where someone says, oh, I, I'm going to serve and I'm going to volunteer, I'm going to help in this area, but you could never count on them. Sometimes they'd be there, sometimes they wouldn't be there. It's like, Sometimes, you know, they'd be, they'd be a half hour late. Sometimes they wouldn't. And then they'd get in there. When you let them work, it's like their gift came out, their ability came out, but then you could never count on them. And then you, you call them on it. You say, hey, man, we, you know, this is not working. We've got all these people standing around here waiting on you, and this is not working. And then, then they, you know, kind of get bugged by that, that you would, you know, try to call them on the carpet for not acting right. Great talent but not the right heart, not that sincerity of heart that we, that, that, that we, should, that we should all have. And uh, it's something that we should all look, look at. Amen. Could, could, can you do volunteer work with the same dedication that you would for a paycheck? I'm telling you, when it comes to the kingdom of God, if that's not your heart, don't volunteer. Don't do anything. Don't serve at all. Amen. Ultimately, we know this. This is pointed out in this passage that we read and others. Um, the Lord does reward us. There is a paycheck. <laughs> it just comes in a different way, doesn't it? It comes really in a more valuable way. Paychecks we get, I mean, they're needed, they're necessary, but they'll be gone. We will spend them away very quickly. And there are some things in the kingdom of God that are eternal. And if anything we're going to give all of our heart towards, it ought to be the work of God. I mean, listen, if, you're, if you work for some, someone else, uh, even if you work for yourself, if you're the boss, man, put your everything into what you're doing. If you're working for somebody else, remember the guideline? Do it as unto the Lord. Give, him, give it your all, and, uh, and you'll be far better off, and you'll find the Lord will reward and promote and use you greatly. All right, number four. Number four, we should do our service to the Lord excellently, all right, willingly, respectfully, sincerely, and excellently. Remember, the Scripture said, not with eye service, 
as men pleasers. We're not just doing a good job when somebody's watching. We're not just putting in the time when somebody's looking over our shoulder to see if we're doing a good job. But no, we have that excellence of, of heart. We have that excellence of, of, of attitude and mind that we're going to do right because we're doing it ultimately again for the Lord. And uh, these kind of people who don't do it that way, the, men, the eye service, the men pleasers, they only do a good job when others are around. When they're by themselves, they turn into a different person. You know? It's when security cameras make good YouTube footage. And you see employees goofing off and st- stealing and, st- you know, stealing a product and doing bad things to the food and all kinds of stuff when nobody's watching. How many know there's never been a time in your life when no one was watching? <laughs> if that makes you nervous, uh, <laughs> listen, we're never alone. And the Lord is very forgiving, but listen, everything's seen. Amen. And uh, again, some people do things just to get noticed. It's not for kingdom advancement. They want somebody else to see what they're doing. And if they don't see what they're doing, they're going to wait till someone's looking. But what will you do if no, if, if, what will you do if no one ever recognizes it? What will you do? I mean, no natural person. We know the Lord sees, but what will you do if no one ever knows what you've done? You'd never get recognized. No one ever says thank you. No one ever says, I appreciate you. No one ever gives you a pat on the back. Or even further, what will you do if not only you don't get any recognition, but somebody else gets it? (laughs) You put in the work. You put in the time, and somebody else said, and you know, someone else was recognized for what you accomplished. Does that bug you? (laughs) If we have the basic mindset of what we're coming at all this from tonight, is I am doing it as unto the Lord, that will keep us on the right track. It'll keep us from bailing because nobody appreciated me. Are you listening? And this is not a reason for us to be unappreciative of each other. Every opportunity you get, appreciate somebody because they're valuable. But listen, there, there is much you are going to, if you're working for the Lord, serving the Lord, there is much you will do in your life that no natural person will ever um, congratulate you on or make mention of. Much. And if we're not ready for that, we think I'm not going to do it unless... Well, you're not going to go very far in God's kingdom. You've become a limp part of the body, you know. Let's get to work. We've got to do these things with the right attitude. Excellently. Do you cut corners? Do you do things so other people will be impressed? Are you happy to do things behind the scenes? All right. Don't just serve. Serve well. Be the best, whatever it is that you, that you can do. Even if it's a temporary serving, if it's the cup of cold water, make it the best cup of cold water you've ever served. If you're cooking a meal for someone, pretend, you know, make like, even if it's, you know, make like it's the president. You're serving someone. I mean, you're going to give it your best. You're going to give it your all if you're going to be involved in it. When you come to church ready to serve, come prayed up, expecting God to use you to do something powerful in your life. 
the make-do approach is just simply not acceptable in God's kingdom. Ah, that's good enough. Good enough? I don't like that language. I don't like, especially when it comes to God's kingdom. Churches and ministries, never good enough. No, we either did it all the way, we gave it our full effort, we gave it full faith, or we didn't. Amen. Again, this is a personal standard. How do you approach what you do for the Lord? How do you approach His, His kingdom work? Let's, get, let's go to one final scripture here tonight, and then we'll close. Colossians 3. The Lord is good. Again, sometimes people looking for position and recognition, and, and it's just the wrong heart. It's wrong, the wrong motive. You know, in many churches, uh, they have, they have uh, different positions called deacons. You know the word deacon? Um, it comes, comes from a Greek word. It's a transliteration. But in, in many circles, when a person becomes a deacon, they have great authority. Sometimes churches are designed where the deacons run the church. Do you know in the early church that was not the case? Those who would be deacons were actually servants. They served food. They served tables. They waited on people. They, they were helping. Amen. We need some more deacons around here. Not to boss everyone else around. <laughs> to serve. Amen. To serve others. What a powerful thing that can be. All right, uh, Colossians 3, verse 23. It says, in whatever you do. So what does that include? <laughs> well, that includes whatever, right? See, it has context, but the principle transcends even the context. It's whatever you do. You preach. You vacuum. You work at ABC Company. You have a family. Whatever you do. Whatever you do in life, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Heartily, uh, again, that's internal. I do things from an internal motivation. It's not just what I'm doing externally. It's not just what I'm doing. It's how I'm doing it. It's my motive. It's my reason. Do it as unto the Lord. Again, here's the reward, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Amen. Let it be said, let it be known by all of us when we serve in whatever capacity that is, when we serve one another, ultimately we are serving Him. Could I really serve the Lord? Could I do something for Him? Yeah, I could. I could. I could do something for one of His kids, and He takes it personally. Oh, yeah, I can bless one of His favorites. I can bless one of God's very own children. And the Lord takes it personally as if I helped him when he was in need. As if I helped him out when he was down. Amen. God has a big plan. A big kingdom. He's got a lot at stake. And you and I can be a part of it. And let's not think even for a moment that unless we're filling a stadium like Billy Graham or have some worldwide high influence that our part is not important. Our part is very, very important. You are, need, you are necessary in God's kingdom. You are needed in this house. We need you. 
we're worse off without you. We're better off with you. We can reach this city uh, more efficiently, more effectively when you're in your place, when you're doing your part. Amen. We'll be rewarded together in this, both in this life and in that which is to come. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for this time we've had together. Oh, Lord, what a privilege it is to be in your, in your kingdom and a part of your plan. Lord, I pray that each and every person not only would be reminded, Lord, of the heart that we are to have, the heart, the, a, a willing heart, a heart that's ready to help and serve one another at any given moment, but we'd also be aware and mindful of that part of the kingdom of God that you want us to be engaged in that part of the body that we were designed for, that you have placed us in. Lord, we want to function to our fullest capacity, to our greatest potential. All the days that we have left here on the earth, may they be days of, of, of value. May they be days where we have made a contribution to eternity. Lord, I thank you for leading us now. You're directing our steps. You're ordering our lives. Directing us in the way that we should go. You're faithful, Lord. You are faithful. I'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. You know, just a side note. Um, a continuation. I'm done with the message, but this is appendix. P.S. Uh, God has called us all to a what we could call a place. Whether you say a place in the body in His kingdom, a place where He wants us. Think of that for a moment as a physical location just for, even though it's not always a physical location. Think of it as a physical location. When I'm in my place, if this is the place that God has for me right here, well, I'll just use this corner of the platform. If this is my place, this is where God sends things that I need to this place. We know this is the place that I'm serving. This is the place where He wants me to be. He'll send people to this place that He wants me to meet. He'll send people, send things to this place, things that He wants me to have. Provision, you know, just the things necessary for my life come to this place. What if I'm over here? <laughs> Lord, where is it? I've been praying. I'm seeking You. What's going on? I'm missing something here. Well, it's over there. It's piling up over there. All the stuff. All the blessings and favors are right over there. Lord, what should I do? Go over there. <laughs> wow, this is nice. Thank you, Lord. You finally answered my prayer. No. He designed my life so that I, if I would be in the place that He's called me to be, everything would be there that I need. This is, why it's, this is why it's important that people in the body of Christ not just be moving around on their own. That's why the devil wants people to get, 
that likes to get people offended. They get out of their place when they get offended. If I'm mad at you, then I don't want to be where you are. <laughs> right? And if I don't want to be where you are, but yet that's my place, I'm missing out on some things in life. Amen. Whenever you know what to do, make that top priority. When I say know what to do, know what to do on the inside as, as the Lord's direction for your life. You stay there. You don't just get up and go because, well, I'm tired of being here. No, that's where you're supposed to be. Amen. Well, God is good.